0: I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and I am by myself tonight. Josh Cacho is prepping for his wedding, Um, so it's just me, Um, and I'm coming to you after a 1-1 draw in which LAFC at home drew against the Houston Dynamo, Um, scored a goal in the 50th minute off of a corner kick. Jose Cifuentes was found open on the back post uh, for an easy for an easy tap-in, and then eight minutes later, the Houston Dynamo equalized uh, with a maxi-routy goal, and that was the end of the game. For all intents and purposes, not a whole lot. It was a pretty uneventful second half after that, Um, so the last 32 minutes were, again, mostly uneventful. A couple chances for LAFC uh, to speak of. mostly Diego Rossi getting on the end of a couple passes from the midfield. And then that was about it. But here we are again, it's after the international break in which we all said, Hey, this is their time. If there's, if there is a time for them to get right, this is it. They're going to have two and a half weeks. They can regroup. They can train with the majority of their players and then come back and uh, have two, have two winnable games at home against the dynamo and against fc dallas and in that first one again as i said they they failed to win so it's hard to it's hard to put a positive spin on this i don't i don't want to spin it positively i, I just um i want to look at, a, at it as objectively as possible and as we know Uh, LAFC has struggled all year to create chances on goal. They've only scored nine goals this year. Um, and on top of that, the chances that they've created, um, haven't been the same that we're, that we're accustomed to. And we can talk all, you know, we can talk about XG. We can talk about, uh, dangerous passes into the box and whatever stat you want to, but ultimately they're not finding it back of the net, which is the real stat that matters. Um, so uh, it's, it's, I feel like we talk about this all the time, right? Where uh, a lack of creativity leads to poor chance creation and poor finishing on that, poor, on those poor chances makes it even worse. Um, and I don't really know where else you look, to find those answers uh in his post-game presser bob talked about uh load management i think that's why you see mark anthony k subbed off in the 45th minute so at halftime bryce duke comes on for mark anthony k i assume that's because he played over the international break mark anthony k that is and they plan on needing him against dallas on wednesday Uh, latif blessing did not make an appearance um now that i'm thinking about it i have i didn't i didn't check the rest of the 18 i I assume he was in the 18 but he didn't make an appearance Cifuentes went the full 90 um and we didn't see blessing at all so you can assume that blessing is going to get the start on wednesday as well um aside from that carlos Vela came out around the 63rd minute i think it was for, I, I I don't know exactly what the sub was. it was either Cal Jennings or, or Raheem Edwards. one of the two those two came on at the same time for Baird and Bela. Um, which again I think uh, we're in response uh, I, I think that's just a, a bit of a concession It was probably planned to go at 60. you give up the goal and that's <laughs> that's it. once you bring on once you bring on Cal Jennings and Raheem Edwards, for Baird and Vela in that situation or in any situation really, it's a concession that this game is done. Um, there's you know we might we might get lucky in finding Cole here or there, um, but we're not pushing for it. And as Josh and I have talked about, it's not it's not just on Bob. That's also on John thorrington for the way that the roster is constructed. So that when Bob is looking down at his bench, that's all he sees, right? I, we talked about Blessing being on the bench, but who else is there? There's really just nobody there um, for him to, to lean on for an answer. So for all the complaints that we may have about um, the way that Bob has handled subs this year or certain players this year, uh, I, I don't know what else he's supposed to do in this situation because there's just nobody else to turn to. Uh, you saw, I mean, Duke and Jennings have looked have looked pretty good for, for the lights. I still think there's a way to, there's a ways to go there. Um, and you see both of them have a couple moments in this game, but still look a little bit limited in some ways. Jennings more so than Duke. I think Duke came in and, the way that he interchanges with the wingers and the striker and the other midfielders is something different than what you get with K. You don't see that kind of movement from K. You don't see that kind of willingness to, to swap positions with people. Uh, You frankly don't see that kind of quality on the ball, but then you see a moment where, you know, Duke gives up the ball and he's just kind of shadowing a routine on the way back. Um, This is on the, on the, the Houston goal, the chance, uh, that's created by, I think it's Fafa. Uh, so Duke coughs up that ball. I think it was originally played in by Murillo and he probably should have tracked back a little bit faster to try and keep up with the Ruti. Doesn't, um, there were defenders in position to make a play on the ball. Uh, specifically Marco Farfan should have come out and pressured, uh, the Houston attacker, whoever was on the right wing there. Uh, he was covered by, I think, Segura and Atuesta were back, maybe even Blackman. Um, so he's covered. He needs to go in and pressure that ball. Instead, he waits for Murillo to get back. They try and go in on a double team, and they both, it's just kind of a lazy challenge from both of them. And the Houston attacker just kind of squirts by both of them. And at this point, you see Ruti, he's just kind of running free near the spot. And Bryce Duke is four or five steps behind him. Atuesta is four or five steps in front of him. And neither of them close him down at any point during the sequence. So you see, you see, I think a little bit of Bryce uh, Duke's youth there. in not tracking back as fast as you should have. And not putting in a challenge. Just kind of like assuming that the that the adults around him are going to take care of it is the way that I saw that. So that's got to get better. If he wants to stick around in the, in, you know, the, the 18 for LAFC and not just the lights, then that's got to get better. If he wants to, uh, if he wants to be in the starting 11, that's certainly going to get better. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's capable of it. We've seen him be a huge impact for the lights on both the defensive and the offensive side of the ball. You saw it again tonight. Again, as I said, his, his quality on the ball is, is different from the other midfielders that play those, those two advanced positions, the, the Latif and the, and the Mark-Anthony K. roles. Uh, he brings something entirely different, both his quality dribbling the ball uh, in tight spaces, advancing the ball. He he's much more aggressive with his runs when he's on the ball. Uh, and then his passing capability is I, I think better than than Kay and Latif. Um, he's 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 got the the building blocks there. It's just a matter of putting everything together so that you can trust him to go 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes with the with the starters. And I think he will get there, but again, he's, I think, 20 years old. So give him some time. He'll get there. Uh, of course, it's frustrating when you see some youthfulness like that go to uh, or contribute to a an equalizing goal. And again, that goal is not solely on Duke. It, he shares some of the blame. But again, Marco Farfan should have pressured the initial attacker more because he was already covered. He can take the risk. Mario doesn't do a good job of that tackle A twist is there to help uh, close down a as well. Uh, so it's a, it's a failure all over the place really, but um, ultimately it's what we keep seeing from LAFC, right? They go up um, and then they, they, it, it's, it's weird because it, it's eight minutes in the timeline, but it seems like they, again, Houston just scores right after, uh LAFC does and this is something that we've seen that we've seen them be vulnerable to it time and time again not only this season but in seasons past where they score and they are immediately vulnerable to uh, to give up a goal I, I'm not sure what that is if you have any ideas send them my way because uh, I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts on, on why it is that LAFC Concede so many goals right after scoring. I don't know if it's a matter of letting up. I don't know if it's a matter of the other team pushing harder um, or, or what. But it's uh, it's an interesting phenomenon. I think. Um, some other notable things from from the match. Let's go back to Bryce Duke. Bryce Duke finds Diego Rossi a couple times. Uh, his best chance comes from uh, Bryce getting a ball in. Diego's kind of in the in the right half space, slips a ball in behind all the all the defenders, and, and Rossi gets, I think, probably his best his best shot of the night. He tries to go near post, and the keeper's got it covered. There's another time, Bryce is in the box. Uh, he's trying to make a play. He gets, I think, I think he kind of just swipes at a ball that goes back towards Raheem Edwards, who tries a, a left footed shot across the face of goal that doesn't go in. Um, Bryce Duke was creating plenty of danger. I thought Jose Fuentes played played a good game. I thought both of them were active and coming back further than normal from those from those spots to pick up the ball from the defenders. Um, another bright spot I thought was uh, was was Moon, who came in for Blackman, who I thought had a good game. But you see that Moon is just so much more active in the final third. In terms of once he's on the ball, he is going to run at you and probably beat you. Uh, we saw him make one of the Houston defenders, um, and it's the pace of his pace of play in the final third is just faster than Blackman. Um, so, it'd be interesting to see how that unfolds further. If, if, if as he gets healthier, he's going to get more and more minutes. Or if Bob is going to sit with more of the, uh, at this point the more conservative choice in, in Tristan Blackman, who again had a good game, um, but uh, if again it, it's a matter of, of what are they looking for? They're looking for, and more of an attacking presence, then it's Moon. If it, are they looking for somebody who's going to give you solid minutes and solid buildup, Tristan Blackman's the guy. Um, let's go back to to Mark Anthony K here because he's always the hot button issue right now with LAFC. I don't think he had a bad game in the first half. I don't think he was good. Really. I think he was just, you know, par for course, average midfielder in MLS. Uh, he had plenty of giveaways early, late in the half. Uh, one really bad one. Uh, you know, he gets the ball. I think it's from Sikura, uh, a goal kick or something. I think it is a goal kick. And, Carlos is running free down the right wing and all, all Mark Anthony K has to do is just drop a ball behind the defenders anywhere. (laughs) I mean, there is so much green grass there that it's just drop it somewhere back there. And Carlos is going to beat everybody and be one-on-one with the keeper. And he overcooks it and it's right out of bounds. And you can see Carlos is frustrated with them. Um, Again, it's a common thing. He's going to play aggressive balls, and oftentimes they're going to be played poorly. Um, that's that's who he is, right? Um, he's going to play aggressive, and sometimes those those balls are going to be missed. Uh, I thought Duke was was much better in terms of advancing playable balls, playing balls into space. I already mentioned his movement and his combinations the way that he switches positions with people, um, I think it makes that midfield much more dynamic. Not to say that Duke needs to be starting all the time. It means when you see a different type of midfielder come in, you can see the difference that it makes. So the argument that we just need to keep the midfield the same, just just keep it the same, eventually they're going to get it. If it's just Atuesta and Blessing are, and the Blessing, in K. eventually they're going to figure it out, and the chemistry is going to be there again. Um, no, it's not. That's not happening this year. We are nine games into the season, and it is not happening. We may be eight. I can't remember how many games at this point. We're either eight or nine games into the season. That's nearly a quarter of the way through. Um, this is who this team is. And the only way this team changes is if we undergo a transformation of our style of play, um, or we fire a coach, or we bring in new players. My money is on they're going to bring in new players. I think it's. I think they absolutely have to do that uh, during this transfer window if they want to. If they want to make any kind of push, because right now this is a. Make the playoffs by the by, like the the slimmest margin, and then pray for a miracle. That's what this team is right now. Uh, somehow make the playoffs and somehow outperform expectations. Once we get there, but the idea that this team is going to go on some kind of run is it doesn't make any sense to me because we've been watching this team again for eight, nine games, and this, is, and this is how they look every time they're on the field, this is how they look. Aside from, some people might say, oh, well they looked good in the first half against Colorado, got it. They looked good for one half. They put it together for 45 minutes and then adjustments were made and they didn't look the same. You may have ended up winning that game, but it's, I mean, it's just, it's it's not good enough. We all know this. We all know this. Um, so uh, I, at this point, like I said earlier, it's it's not just Bob. It's not just the players. It's also on the front office. And they. I, I think that's where it's got to start. Um, it's unacceptable that when you need a goal, your options off the bench are cal jennings and raheem edwards it's unacceptable it's unacceptable that in order to get them on the field you're taking off Corey baird who shouldn't really be starting all that all that often maybe as a rotational starter sure but he's he's not the guy that you can depend on weekend and week out in mls to give you something special um he's just it that's not who he is and that's okay Corey Baird can be a fantastic player for LAFC without starting every week. Um, I want him on that team for that reason. I want him to be a guy that comes in and gives you 30, 45 solid minutes week in and week out and who is an occasional starter. Uh, but this team, see, I feel like a, I feel like a broken record because uh, me and Josh talk about it every week, and everybody on the internet talks about it. It's obvious, right? There, there are just holes in this roster, um, and at this point, the options are becoming more and more slim. I think you have you have to sell. You have to one of either Diego Rossi or Brian Rodriguez, and then you need to consider bringing in. Again, a midfielder and a striker to to play alongside these guys. Not, not a rotational guy, a starting striker. And then you go out and you get yourself another midfielder that's going to push the midfielders that are already here to either get better or to the bench. Um, you guys all know how I feel about the profile of midfielder that they should go get. Again, doesn't have to be Ross Barkley. Has to be somebody in that mold. It has to be somebody who's going to give you guaranteed quality. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be a DP. Just go get somebody that's going to be a guaranteed starter. Um, and if if the worst thing that happens is you have four or five midfielders, and midfielder X, who you signed this this transfer window, Mark Anthony K. Latif Blessing, Jose Fuentes, and Edward Atuesta, and you have to choose three of those five, good. That's what you have to do. Um, but I, I, I doubt they're going to. I think they'll probably sign a striker and then let the midfield ride. Um, again, not exactly what I would do, but um, I could see... I could see this this scenario playing out. You sell either Diego Rossi or Brian Rodriguez. And the more that I think about it, the more that I think that Diego Rossi is gone, and Brian Rodriguez is the guy. And you sign that you sign that striker and you let the midfield ride until you can bring in a DP later. Um, and then that becomes your a twist of replacement in the winter. So uh Other than that, I don't... I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about in this game. Uh, Again, they look... uh, They look like a team who doesn't know how to attack the goal in the same way that they have in the past. And it's not going to change until the personnel are changed or we change our style of play. Um, So, again, you tell me what you think. Can... um, Can a player, can a striker fix this? Can a midfielder strike that, uh, fix this, uh, or, or how else do you fix it? Um, with all that said, let's get into some questions here because I feel like I've been rambling for quite a a while now and we do have quite a few of them. Anytime they, anytime the games are pretty ugly, uh, you guys always come through on, on plenty of questions. All right, so the first one is from Pat at Yoyo Tory 66. What should LAFC do to fix this problem? Trade K for a center forward or center attacking mid? Apparently, he has clubs interested in him. What's Josie Altador doing? Um, so again, if I were to fix this problem, I sell... Best case scenario. Best case scenario is this. You sell Brian Rodriguez, get your money back, and you go out and you sign both a striker and a midfielder. I don't care which one's the DP. I think it should be the midfielder to really push the other midfielders that are here. And then you sign that a Tam level striker. And I think most of these problems go away. Um, Again, the ideal scenario is you just get rid of Brian Rodriguez who hasn't really fit with the squad. The... Similar scenario is you sell Diego Rossi, Brian Rodriguez comes back and plays in the left wing. And again, ideally, he fits in now because he's in his, net, his more natural position. Um, and now he's a guy that looks like he can produce and eventually be sold, not for a loss, but for a profit later. Um, but again, it comes back to uh, you need a striker and you need a midfielder. And again, I know that I keep hammering this midfield thing, but when you watch the game and you see somebody like Bryce Duke come in, who's not who's not 100% MLS ready, and that's okay. He's young. He's going to be there eventually. Uh, and I think sooner than later, to be honest. I, I think by the end of the season, he might be a guy that, that can give you very consistent minutes in the midfield uh, at the MLS level. But you see the difference he makes in terms of spacing on the field, the chances that he's creating for his teammates as opposed to what you were getting from Mark anthony K, You also see the difference defensively between the two. So you got to find a midfielder out there who can do both things. Uh, because right now it feels like we're, we're playing with a lot of one-dimensional players. Um, as far as Jose Alcador, I, I don't think... I don't know that Josie's ever going to be completely healthy again. I mean, it's been... I feel like seven years since the since the 2014 World Cup when, when he was injured. And I mean, how many full seasons has he played since then? I honestly don't know. I think maybe one or two. Um, and I just, I don't see how he's the answer. I think in terms of profile, he would be fine. A guy that can combine, can finish. But as far as a guy who's going to give you hard running, at the nine and who's going to give you consistent minutes that's not him all right next one from christopher colonna at lafc 2021 i can't believe we scored a goal off a corner kick i never thought i'd see the day um we you know we're not we're not very dangerous off of corners um i think walker zimmerman had two or three off of corners i think mark anthony k has two or three off of off of corner kicks i can't really think of very many more um uh instances of, of goals off the corner kicks so this one was great kind of like a uh a ball that bounces right in right in front of all the defense they've been playing a lot of these shorter uh shorter corners not Proper short corners were just a pass to a, a player within ten yards. It's like they'll target, they'll target the runner at the front, who then kind of does like a flick, uh, like a flicked header towards the back post. This one just happened to bounce in front of everybody and then kind of find its way all the way to the back post untouched. And Sifuentes was just parked there, ready for it. Also, when is this team going to stop dropping points from winning positions? Far too often, they take the lead and then give it right back. I think this is the third or fourth time this season. Overall, while I think LFC were the better, better team on the night, this still feels like a loss. Very underwhelming and disappointing. I guess I just expected more from this team after having several weeks off to work on this on stuff. My mistake. Yeah, a hundred percent correct. At home, full capacity crowd. After the long layoff, where you do you absolutely have time to work out some of these kinks, and you come back and you look just the same as you did before. Um, Uh, that, again, this is who they are. This is who they are this year. Uh, And something's got to change. Something has to change if you expect to make a playoff push because this isn't going to do it. Okay, next one. Pepe, at just one maybe, say what you will, we need Brian back ASAP. Again, agreed. Uh, Brian Rodriguez, or Raheem Edwards, think about that one for a second. At worst, if Brian Rodriguez is on the bench, he's the guy coming in for Vela and not Raheem Edwards who uh, just, what's he, what does he bring you? A few connected passes and a half decent shot on goal. But aside from that, he's not he's not playing direct. He's when he gets on the ball, you never think, oh, he's gonna take this to goal and score. Um and that's kind of the same for I mean Baird to his credit has three or four I think three goals this year. Uh may still be leading the team for goals scored, but you know, he's not he's not a super dangerous attacker because that's just not it's not who he is. It's okay um but you got if you want to win in this league you got to hit on your dps and you at least need your dps there to produce something and right now LHc does not have that all right next one 800 meters and running at Tetlow ugh yeah <laughs> uh I feel like we all we're all right there with you um where it's just this kind of fed up, Fed up response to watching his team continually mess the same things up. Next one, AK Griffith at Griff, Griff Ultra, just a GIF of a fat woman uh, belonging a raspberry and giving a thumbs down. And again, similar to Tetlow, that's about the same. Next one from I don't know some symbol at danniness Duke. Period. Um, again, Duke is Duke has shown a lot of promise. He's looked great with the lights, and I think that's you know the the time and space that you have in USL are going to be different from what you have in MLS, which is going to be different from what you have in Europe. Um, we've talked about this before on the show, and I mean Duke has looked really good at the USL le- at the USL level. Um, I thought again, I thought he had a strong performance tonight. I thought he 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 f- flipped off after he gave up that ball that led to the Ruti goal and probably could have done a better job defending. But aside from that, the chances they create, that he created were some of the best that I saw all night, really uh, probably the best. I mean, the, the one goal that we got again was off of a, a corner kick taken by Vela. Um, and Sufantes happened to be there on the back post, good positioning, sure. But in terms of who was finding balls in behind the defense, and finding his teammates in dangerous spots similar to what he's been doing in USL. It's Bryce Duke. Um, so he's got to put together all phases of the game. You can't just be, uh, he can't just be an attacking and a transition to attacking player. He's got to be better about transitioning to defense and playing stronger defense. And once he does, I think he'll be a mainstay in this midfield. Um, that's all the questions for tonight. I've gone 30 minutes. So, I, If you're still listening to this, thank you. Um, sometimes these these one-man shows are, are difficult to keep the pace of the show going, to keep the energy up. Um, I've tried tonight. I'm sorry if I failed you. But, again, thanks for tweeting at the show. Um, thank you for listening, of course. We'll be back on Wednesday. I don't know um, if we'll be able to record that night. I'm going to be out of town on Uh, for work, and Josh, again, is getting married here pretty soon. He's got family in town, so we'll see if we can record on Wednesday. Um, If not, we'll hit you guys back up after the Sporting Kansas City game, and we'll kind of recap both games. Until then, though, we will see you on Twitter. You can follow the show at CounterTest underscore me, at Kirk Kinsey, and we'll talk to you all next time.